0: This is the Kaniak Report. I am Sam Wallace.
1: And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? The Hurricanes have a new franchise record.
0: Yes, they do. All right, we are back with a new episode for this week. We hope you've had a great week. We know uh this past week was Christmas, Hanukkah, uh Kwanzaa, I believe, too. And so happy holidays. Hope you guys have had great um You forgot Festivus. Uh, oh I did, didn't I? Festivus. Cannot, Festivus. cannot forget. Festivus. Sorry, I-, I was trying to remember everyone. <laughs> but we hope you've had a happy holidays, pretty much. Um so uh let's get to some canes news and all that type of stuff. Uh, one thing I do want to mention first. This is more prospective news for the Hurricanes is that uh quite a few players are going to be playing in the 2023 uh World Junior Cup. This is where all the uh teams um all the junior league teams who are under 20 get to participate in the World Cup and even though last year we had, like, I believe a record setting of prospects that entered in the tournament uh, this year, we don't have as many, but um, it's as expected because this team is because r- her- we know the Hurricanes are really good. And usually when you get really good, your prospects aren't as strong as what they used to be, which is fine. So no shock there. We have J- Jackson-, Jackson Blake for the USA team. Alexei Hemosalmi, I believe, is how you pronounce the name, for Finland, and Vili Koivinen for Finland as well. He's a player I'm a little bit hyped on. And Nikita Guap for Germany. Uh He's played for the World Cup before, but, I mean, not as much prospects, Sam, but, I mean, it's what to expect. No yeah. shock. right. Having
1: two Finnish players is par for the course for the Hurricanes, so no shock there.
0: Yes, definitely. So we hope uh, those players do well and can light it up. And uh, the next piece of news that we want to talk about is the Kings revealed their logo for the Stadium Series. I love it, Sam. I love it so much.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, just everything about this game is exciting. We're getting closer and closer and closer. Um, so we've got we're just now to the point we're about a month and a half away. From that game, and it's going to be exciting. Um, I can't wait.
0: I know. I can't wait, too. What are your thoughts on the uh, logo? You like it? Yeah, it's
1: sleek looking. It's nice. I think it's going to be... It's going to look good. I'm looking forward to seeing it on the jerseys whenever they reveal those. I mean, I think they've been leaked before, but... um, And I think that logo looked pretty similar to what was leaked. Um, So I think that's probably what it's going to look like. It's going to be... They're going to look good on the ice.
0: Yes, they definitely are. And uh, the last set of news that we want to get to, and this kind of is the theme for the whole episode, basically, is that the Canes set a franchise record of the longest point streak of the season, and that is 14 games. It used to be 13, I believe. Um, It was a 20 to 21 season, I believe. I can't remember. I know they had the records up um, during one of the hockey games might have been 2018-2019.
1: Um I actually think it may have been the 16-17 team.
0: No, th- no that's that, that's probably right. Um I remember there was a long streak there. The year before of uh, Hurricanes made the playoffs.
1: Yeah, cuz we made a little bit of a of a of a fight there. Um you know, it's great but you know what scares the crap out of me is tomorrow we play Chicago, one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League.
0: A team we should beat, though.
1: And it's a team that tends, you know, that that's those kind of teams are the ones that usually end these great stretches. So it makes me nervous, especially how Carolina played in that third period against Philly. But you got to hope that they had good rest, good family time. They were off for three days, you know. Got to spend time with friends and family over the holidays, get rested, get recovered, get back at it tomorrow. And take advantage of a really bad Chicago team that has to travel right after the holidays.
0: Yeah, so we'll see uh, former Hurricane Peter Mrazek possibly in that tomorrow.
1: Yeah, Mrazek could be going. So um, I think Chicago's got a lot. And you can't just take them for granted either. Chicago has a lot of good young talent.
0: Yes, they they do have quite a bit of young talent, except that talent has kind of um is mostly in in the system. They haven't really come to the NHL level yet. They used to have that with Kirby Doc and uh Adam Bobquist, but those players are traded. So the Chicago I kind of think of a team as just starting on a rebuild.
1: Yeah, That's- for sure. But again, they're just like any team in the league. If you take them for granted, they're gonna burn you. So you just gotta make sure you go out and you play your game. It's a team that you should be able to dictate play. I think they can. You've got better offense, defense, goaltending. There isn't an there is not a facet of the team Chicago is better than you at. You just have to pay attention to Jonathan Tays and Patrick King because they're still good hockey players.
0: Yes, they are. And actually, I looked at Chicago's team. Guess who I think uh, is, is doing really well for them. He's a the former Hurricane, the Max Domi.
1: Yeah, I've started, I've seen
0: that too. He's one of the point leaders, actually, for Chicago. And I'm really happy for him. I mean, we know him for... He's most notable for the Game 7 win against Boston, obviously. But, it, I mean, e- even though these players that have been on our teams before uh, weren't on the teams that long, I mean, you still probably remember them a yeah. little bit.
1: For sure, and it's good for him.
0: Yes, definitely. So let's get to the actual games here for the Hurricanes. Uh, The first game we will cover is the Devils game. Um, I want to talk about this game as a whole for a little bit. Um, I did not think the Canes played their game against the Devils, although they won. It was one of those games to me where I thought... They did not play their A game, but you know but because of how good this team is, they were able to get a win out of it.
1: Yeah, it was not a great game, you know, New Jersey had more shots, New Jersey had they they looked good. New Jersey looked fast, but they were also, you know, in a position where they had been struggling. The fine offense, kind of like Carolina had been early on in the season, and I think that's just what it was. They couldn't beat Kachetkov. They went up against a hot goalie, and it just didn't it didn't work for him. He only beat him once, and you exactly. can argue the only time they beat him was after he got um after he tweaked something because he came back and he played the game, but he was hurt. Good.
0: Yes, definitely. So the first period, uh, this only took 20 seconds into the game, but it's Yasperi Kokniemi, who's actually been on a, a point streak for a few games now for the Hurricanes, which is really good. But he gets a goal from Jarvis and DeHaan. And to be honest, I think throughout that whole game, I think the first couple minutes at least were probably hurricane's best hockey because they were really forcing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, they looked good. They looked like they wanted to get more. It was one of those situations where I felt like, again, It was like, oh my goodness, Carolina played so good, but they only got one goal out of it. You know, that's always the concern, is this team does it all the time. They just dominate for, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, a whole period, but at the end of the period, they're either, you know, at the end of that stretch, they only have like one or no goals to show for it. And that was what I was concerned about, but Kachetkov, you know, stood on his head
0: Yes, he did, and I think New Jersey kind of tried to really take a hold once Natchez committed that tripping penalty, if you remember, because New Jersey, they are known for their offense. They have really good offense in Bratt, Shea, and Hughes. Hughes scored the lone goal for New Jersey that game, which we'll get to. But New Jersey was really pushing it, I believe, after Natchez made that penalty. And then we get, but we get to the second period and Canes are still up one to nothing. I I think the shots in that period favored New Jersey uh, 13 to seven. So you can tell New Jersey was really pushing and New Jersey didn't stop. It was just interesting because you had two goals. The first one from Stahl, which I thought that was just a great goal, um, kind of right near the faceoffs. Circle on the l- 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 yeah, on the left side of against Vanacek, and then you have Teravainen, which I thought the Teravainen goal was the weakest goal that Vanacek allowed. Oh, to mm-hmm. be honest, and Vanacek, he was not playing well. They had to put Blackwood in, I believe, in the third period.
1: Yeah, no, he didn't play a good game at all. Um, I mean, you know that terrifying goal you need to have i mean terrifying also got a great shot and it was perfectly placed but you, you still what you need your goalie to make that save i mean martin i mean Stahl's shot was a snipe you know he you know that um pretty pretty much the um you know the stall goal you know that's just how stall you know jordan eric they all tend to score goals like that a lot so um just picking that top shelf and it's great when one stall scores. I always love to see the captain get on the board. And Tara Vinan starting to score goals is, is great too. That you need that from your team.
0: Yes, it is definitely. And I thought with the Tara Vinan goal, uh, it was Alexander Holtz that defended Tara Vinen. I could tell Tara Vinan, he shot in between the legs of the New Jersey player. So you kind of, I think you could tell a little bit that Tara Vinan was kind of using, um, the player that was defending him as a screen a bit yeah. to shoot for that goal, which is really good. That's what you should do when a defending player is <laughs> is up on you, is to make him a screen you're trying to, to shoot for that goal. And what's funny is I was saying that you were showing me Penny. I hope <laughs> Penny's doing okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, she just got in my face for a second. Can I help you? No. Yeah. She wanted to be in the podcast, too.
0: <laughs> For those of you who follow us on Instagram and Twitter, uh, probably have seen Penny. Um, I know I posted her on the in our Instagram page at least once. So that she's kind of become the mascot, hasn't she, Sam? With yeah, uh, the Caniac Report.
1: Pretty much has, haven't she? She's shaking her tail. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, um. so Carolina, I mean, they're up 3 to nothing against New Jersey, which is a team that's been desperately trying to get a goal against uh, Kachekov. Now, another thing, too, that happened in that second period that I'm sure you and I noticed was, I believe it was a breakaway where Kachekov had to really spread himself out, almost make a split to save a goal. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that, and I was really concerned because he stayed on, stayed down on the ice. I thought he was hurt.
1: Yeah, And no, I'm it, sure
0: you did too.
1: It made me nervous. Um, I I freaked out a tad because you, I mean, it, I you know agree with what Adam Gold's been saying. He's the best goalie, and it's not particularly close. You know. It was pretty. You know, it'd be similar to losing Anderson, like we did last season, right? And you can't afford to lose Kachetkov right now, mainly because Anderson's not healthy. You know, you you might you might be able to argue there's a buffer if Anderson's healthy, but Freddie's not even healthy yet.
0: No, he isn't. And the, here, here here's my question. I thought it was brought up pretty good. Um, I saw it on Twitter. Do you think once all three goalies are healthy, and se- and I'm not saying like a hundred percent healthy because I don't think Ranta is ever a hundred percent healthy, but just able to play a game at least? Do you keep all three of those goalies, or do you use one of them in a trade? I am a little bit on the fence on this.
1: Um, you know, I, I you don't trade Kochaktikov first off, so you you you're moving Ranta or Anderson. Um. You know, I lean toward you keep all three because I my opinion in the playoffs, it's never a bad thing to have too many goalies, at least available to utilize. Um, especially after last season, right? You know, when Ronto Anderson went down before, then Ronto went down toward the end. Um I'm just I, I believe if the if a if a really good deal comes your way, you take it. But if not, I don't have a problem carrying three. I don't think it's ideal because, you know... I think if Freddie gets 100% healthy, letting Ronta take some time off in general isn't bad either. Maybe try and get him 100% healthy. Because it would be Cochet, and Anderson. Ronta's the odd man out here for sure. Um <laughs> not saying Ronta's played bad even in the Flyers game from my understanding because I had to kind of just check in here ranta didn't play horrible in fact he had to play that third period injured so i'm not about to blame the goaltending you know blame the third period collapse on ranta in that game um
0: well i thought it was the team in front of ranta in that game that really let almost the fans down even though we hanged, hanged on and won that game which we'll get to but yeah. i mean yeah
1: I keep I, I keep all three unless a really good deal comes, and and of the three, and of the two between Anderson and Ranta, you're going to get more from Freddie and Ranta. So you just have to, you know, if, if the if, if someone makes you an offer that you can't refuse, yeah, you take it.
0: Yeah, it gives you, definitely
1: gives you a I, little bit of, and I think that's something to consider as well, right? I mean, f- especially with Freddie. He's got about, I want to think it's a $4.5 million deal. So if you're looking to really make a deadline move, you move Freddie's contract out because the team would take him. He's a good, you know, he's a decent goalie, someone who's, who wants to shore up their goaltending situation you may want Anderson. And then Carolina can go out and get that, maybe that forward or defenseman they want to shore up one of those positions they feel they need and you get a little bit more wiggle room, right? So you don't have to go through as many teams in order to um, make the deal work. If you want Kane, it gives you room to, to move that just as an example, right? If, if Chicago takes half, that's five, you know, if you filter them through one more team just to take a small portion. You can, could, you, you can could afford Patrick Kane. So making that kind of a move gives you a lot of flexibility in order to make a deadline move as well to bring in a piece, you know, especially if you're one if all goalies are healthy, you don't really need to carry three. So I think moving Freddie, Fred, moving Freddie makes the most sense. You move Ronte if the deal sounds right, but I think at the end of the year, you're not bringing Freddie back. So I, I don't see the I you know, if you can get something for him, get something for him, and then upgrade some, you know, an upgrade a position at the deadline again i'm just talking hypothetically but you know kane's the most expensive person available at the, you know just showing you what 4.5 you know 4.5 million can do and give you options right so <laughs> i think that's important to 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 understand
0: yeah um you're really fixated on Kane. I, it's just funny because you're always talking about getting Kane here. I I doubt the Kanes are going to make a move unless Patrick or one of their other top forwards get hurt. But it's going to well, be I, interesting with the goaltending.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't think Patrick Kane comes to Carolina. I mean, as awesome and as amazing as that would be, no, yeah, Patrick Kane won't come to Carolina. But I, I think you could see, you know, uh, St. Louis hasn't been great this year. I'm still a firm believer that Tarasenko comes to Carolina, whether that's through a trade or the offseason. I think think his destiny lies in Carolina. I do. I really do.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. Um, Back to the goaltending, though. Uh, It's interesting that you said that Anderson might be the one to trade it. And to be honest, I think if you look at all three of the goalies right now, I mean, I think your third string goalie is Anderson, because I think both Ranta and Kachekov has played better than than Anderson. Now, I think the reason why there's a bit of a longer leash on him is because of what he has done this past season. Yeah, uh, before he got injured, I mean, he was posting a nine twenty something say percentage. He was amazing, but he got hurt, and. I think fortunately for the Canes now, you have Kachekov. So uh, you have Anderson and Ronta, both of them get hurt. At least you have Kachekov. He's been playing like an NHL starting goalie. And it looks like he's getting um, heads to turn his way on the Calder nomination, possibly. So, I mean, good for uh, Kachekov.
1: Absolutely. Calder, Vesna, he deserves all of those conversations for sure. So it's just a matter of what happens, right? <laughs> so why, and again, like I said, I think moving Freddie, you, you don't bring him back next year. And I think the writing on the wall is for that. I don't even think you necessarily bring Ronta back because of health reasons. And I think Carolina's learned a lesson in that regard. So you can, if you can move Anderson it gives you some cap space to wiggle with this season I, I believe this if you if if Anderson moves I think that spells that Carolina is making a trade because it's a cap dump so um, that would be the rationale there yeah but, maybe. but we'll see I, I think carrying three goaltenders isn't a bad thing either um, and, and that's just because of the playoffs and i honestly don't know when freddie's coming back he's been practicing but so is pacharetti and kasha and we haven't seen kasha since game 1 of the season so he's been out the last 30 plus plus and then pacharetti we know is coming back soon so you know that's just a matter of i think a few I, like i think we're at this point weeks away if that
0: yeah, so we'll see. I think something dramatically has to happen to this roster if we ever trade Anderson, though. That's, that's just my feeling, and I do agree. I, I used to hate the idea of having three goalies because in practice, I mean, you only have two nets. Yeah. So you're probably going to be sitting someone up um, or not practicing at all. So, I mean... I, At first, I was like, I don't know about this whole three-goaltending situation, but if you look at just the medical history of these goalies, I mean, not much with Kachekov, but especially Anderson and Ronta, I mean, you probably do need three goalies for an insurance.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why. That, that, in my opinion, is the most likely outcome. Um, So, we'll see. Again, I don't think we bring back I had thought initially that Ranta comes back next season, but I mean, at this stage of the game, I think I'd rather look for a goalie. That's more healthy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's end in the uh, devil's game. Uh, we know that uh, Jack Hughes, uh, uh, scores from New Jersey, breaking the shutout, unfortunately. And I remember that goal. Uh, he gets around Tara Biden, uh for that goal. And here's what's interesting is, and to me, this is a good example with the Hughes goal is that it seems like whenever the other team scores, you have to blame someone on the Canes team. I don't necessarily agree with that. I believe with the Hughes goal, and I think good. this is a good example, is just have how good Hughes is. I mean, Terra Vinon, I mean, I don't know what... I mean, he could have positioned himself maybe better, but I just think Hughes is the better player. You got to give the other team credit when credit's due. Now, obviously... Yeah. There are times where the other team scores because of a mistake, and you need to point that out. But you also just have to give the other team credit, too. And
1: Absolutely. I think
0: I think the Hughes goal is a good example of that.
1: Yeah, I mean he's a good hockey player. I mean you, you know it's just like Ovechkin, Crosby, Malkin, McDavid, Dreisaitl. I mean there's players in the league where you don't necessarily it's not necessarily the goalie's fault. It's not necessarily the the default, Ben's fault is that they're highly skilled, highly skilled player. Jack Hughes is a highly skilled player.
0: Yes, he is. Now, the good thing is that Carolina was able to score back with Nason making a very creative move on Blackwood, who's now for New Jersey, as he hits, he, he, he's behind the net, and he shoots the puck off the back of Blackwood's uh, a Blackwood and it goes in. I thought that was so funny. I could see Derek on coming over to Nason during the goal celebration just laughing and smiling yep. a little bit because that was just creative and props props to Nathan man. He's been doing excellent.
1: Yeah for sure. That was um that was good to see.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think um I want to talk about the special moments that probably everybody will remember from that game is the uh, three stars were announced, and you could tell originally they were going to have Slaven to be interviewed, even though he was the second star. And yeah. the reason why is because uh, he, he speaks English and all that type of stuff, because the first star was Kachekov, and when he came out. He just went over to the bench and sat next to Hannah. So you have Kachekov, Hannah in the middle, and then Slavin. And it's it's such a just a great moment to see if Kachekov, I mean, he, he I think his English has honestly improved, but it is still limited. And you could tell during I believe Hannah's second question that he kind of needed help a, a little especially a little bit from Slavin. But uh, he loved answering it. It was just the enthusiasm that he brought, and at the end, he finally cheers as they head to the locker room. I thought that was such a special moment.
1: Yeah, it was good for Kachetkov. It was funny. It was exciting, and fans are going to love it and they're going to remember it. And he's just become a, an integral part of this organization. I, and I and I'm I'm not you know I'm not going to apologize for saying it. I think it's true. I think he's our franchise goaltender for 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 many years to come. I think we finally found him. He's loved by this organization. He's loved by the players in that locker room. He's loved by the fans. He's showing he can play in all sorts of situations. He can even finish off a game and be the you know the game's first star being hurt. So yeah, I think I think we found him. I think he's it. I know a lot of people thought it was Ned. Um but even with his game, you know, you saw spurts of eh And with Kachetkov, it's so, so rare that you have an eh moment from him. So, you know, you just, you see this progression of constantly getting better and better and better and better with Kachetkov. So I think we found him. I think the proof is that Kachetkov was um, given an extension. So he deserved that moment. He deserved that first star and he deserves to keep getting the starts.
0: Yes, he does. And I think the real test for him, if he does play, I, I think he will, is gonna be the playoffs. Because that was when um Nadelkovich, another young goalie that we had, that was when he couldn't face the test. Or well, I mean, he he faced the test obviously, but he failed it. Because and he was, he, he was letting he, in soft goals. He was,
1: but I still think, you know, I think the doubt Nadalkovich was good in the playoffs. He just wasn't great in the playoffs. He because he did leave, let in those softballs. He let in about one a game. And you can't do that. So <clears throat> I think he was fine in the playoffs. I mean, that's how everyone said, but that that was what the Hurricanes believed Nadelkovich was, was what we saw in the playoffs. And that's why they did, that's why they moved on.
0: Yes. So uh let's get on to the Cane's Penguins game and boy this was a very intense game. One I thought was a positive sign is that Carolina played a lot better in this game than the Devils game, especially that stall line. Boy, that stall line's been great. Um unfortunately though, it's Crosby that scores on the power play. I didn't think there was anything Ranta could have done. No. Cuz I thought uh that was actually, I think it might have been tipped twice. I can't remember. But Ronta it, it was really hard for Ronta to make a save off of that blast from Latang out wide, and then Crosby just gets the rebound. So yeah, it's yeah. it's one to nothing Pittsburgh. And honestly, with this Pittsburgh game, to me it showed that Ronta can be a good goalie, especially backup. And I think you and I uh, would agree in the fact that he can be a good backup goalie, or at least a 1B situation. It's just, he needs to be healthy. That's the yeah, biggest that. thing.
1: Yeah, no, Ronta was fine. I don't really have a problem with goaltending in the Pittsburgh game. I think Ronta was evil. I thought Ronta... Really did this team a solid in these next two games in the Penguins and the Flyers game. So he took care of Pennsylvania for us, and you know these three divisional games, and that's three divisional wins. So that's stop (coughs) three divisional. And sorry, my dog is just getting in my face. Um, But that's three divisional, uh, three divisional games, three divisional wins, and two of them were won by your backup goalie. That's you can't ask more out of Ronta than
0: that. Yes, definitely. And fortunately for the Canes, it is Natchez scoring from DeHaan as Dehan, uh was being a little bit savvy as he uh, shot the puck wide, but he used the boards to try and kind of give it to Natchez who kind of scores there in between the pads of Jari and the post. So that he ties it up. And then Schraffield, so happy from he gets his first goal as a hurricane from kk who extends his point streak to i believe two games and what's amazing is that all three of these goals were in the span of 32 seconds that was just like wow okay that's quick
1: yeah that was a lot to digest in just a matter of 32 <laughs> seconds <laughs> a lot of emotions
0: Yes, definitely. But the good thing is that Carolina is up 2-1 to against Pittsburgh heading into the second period, and I think having the lead on the road really um, shakes the confidence of the home home team. I think it's fine if you're tied, but having that lead uh, out of this first period I think is huge for any road team, not just the Hurricanes. So uh, the second period... Uh, Pittsburgh actually ties it with former Hurricane and Brock McGinn. And yep. what's steamed on this goal is that it was a shorthanded goal. And that is the theme
1: of the Penguins and the Flyers game. Carolina and these two games allowed more shorthanded goals than they scored on the power play
0: yes it it was definitely a theme, and I want to talk about this goal specifically though because you had you didn't really have a forward um I meant sorry, you didn't really have a defenseman to be in there when Brock McGinn scored because Jarvis had to get back and i don't, and I thought Jarvis had actually done his job um of not letting. It wasn't McGinn, but it was another player because I believe McGinn just kind of finished the play, I believe. Might have been Rodriguez. But Jarvis had done his job, but Ronta, he kind of gives off a very leaky rebound. And then you have KK on the other side, who does nothing, and McGinn just comes in and scores. Now... That goal I think could have been prevented if KK had been in the zone a little bit more focused because he just let that puck just go right to McGinn to score. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it is what it is. McGinn, you know, good for Brock McGinn. I like seeing former <laughs> Hurricanes players do well, not necessarily against us, but he's all he was always a fan favorite and he's still a favorite of mine.
0: Well, I mean, he he has one of the best memories um, that Hurricanes fans could have in scoring the overtime goal, Game 7 against Washington, the first year Hurricanes came back after the dark ages yep. of the playoffs.
1: I know. So McGinn is a very popular player for Hurricanes, and I don't think any Hurricane fan hates him for that goal. I mean, they want to see him do good.
0: Yes, definitely. And we get to the third period. It is now tied two to two. And Pittsburgh actually gets a lead with Rust coming in behind Dehan. Now Dehan I noticed while he, um I think what made him lose his spot against Russ is he tried to actually poach uh that puck from Rust, but Rust actually did this amazing power move to the net and kind of put it past Ronta. Ronta looked like he um I mean he was just standing there because of just how fast Rust is and we've seen Brian Rust before. He, that guy is a fast player.
1: Yeah, and it was just again it was a breakdown for Carolina and it bit him
0: in the butt. And um, I think that was the goal Ronta could have had if he had moved because he was just, all, his body was all on one side of the net uh, Um, when Russ came in. And sc- yeah, in he and dr- scored.
1: He drifted a little too much, but, you know, it is what it is. Fortunately, you know, we get lucky. You and I kind of felt like the game may have been over there. But still, I think it's done to tie it.
0: Yes, solitized it. And what's funny is before that goal, I mean, the Canes were doing so well. I I mean, I think I remember telling you, being like, listen, if we lose this game, I mean, yeah, it's going to hurt because it's against a divisional team. But the Hurricanes have done so well. I mean, kind of need to give them a break. But the Canes, after Pittsburgh um, got the lead, they were in full dominance of the game after that. Yeah, they really pushed hard, especially that stall line. And that stall line showed showed that they scored to tie it up with Stall getting the goal. I'm telling you, I mean Stall, good for him. He's just been amazing. And what's interesting is during these past eight games, I've it's interesting. Stall has four goals and four assists and eight points in these past eight games. I actually was doing this uh, today uh, because I was just interested in the stats of these players through the past eight games. Stahl's leading the team right now in points. He's just been amazing. And, you know, that's a good thing. I like to see Stahl doing that.
1: That's what you want. That's what you you need from your captain sometimes. Um, You know, he's not going to always score for you, but... It's great. You you want your captain to be out there getting points. It boosts the team because, you know, it's secondary scoring, especially, you know, with that, what, what we have there.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's leadership too. I, I really do think Stahl has great leadership because, and to me, the main thing why I think he has really good leadership is because you have good leadership behind him and Brendan Moore. There is a reason Brendan Moore put a C on Jordan Stahl's jersey. Because and I think I've heard my been Adam Gold or Brendamore saying it, saying that actually might have been Brendamore saying that Stahl kind of um reminds Brendamore of where he was when he was playing on the ice. So I think they did a good job in naming Stahl as captain. And I think that's what this team needed after Justin Williams left. Yeah, Stahl to take over the captaincy none of this co-captaincy I did <laughs> not like that
1: yeah nobody did nobody did um, and then this game goes to overtime which stresses us out every time um, but then Carolina remains this dominant force against the Penguins Yes, and overtime. Stahl
0: wins the face off that was the biggest thing he won the face off and he was able to get off the ice <laughs> yeah And then we had a, you know, it
1: was two defensemen and a forward that were on the ice, and it was uh, Jacob Slavin with the uh, game-winning goal. Yes, it was was a
0: great pass from Jarvis.
1: Oh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful tic-tac-toe kind of a play, and it was great. And uh, I think Burns got his um, 800th point with that assist.
0: Yes, he did. Very, very happy for Burns. And I think, I mean, if you look at his resume, I think he can be one of the top defensemen in the NHL. I wouldn't say probably top 10, but I think top maybe 15 or 20. You could consider Burns being in that conversation because I think he, he has the resume. Oh, yeah. No, Burns has been
1: fantastic, which is good for him.
0: Yes, definitely. So the Canes win in overtime against Pittsburgh. Again, not really thrilled of giving a point to the Penguins, but you know what? You get the win, and I think that's the most important thing.
1: And you beat them in regulation earlier um, about a week ago, so you take what you can get. You've gotten um, six out of six against the divisional phone. You've given up two in two overtime games, but six to two, I'll take it.
0: Yeah, and the Canes are undefeated against Pittsburgh this season. And I think with that win, I think we only play
1: Pittsburgh one more time. So that means you've won the you've you've won the the series against the Penguins. So it's just you know, and yeah, I'll take it against a team like that. Winning a series, yeah, because Hurricanes struggled initially against uh, Metro teams at the beginning of the year. So you've beaten Washington, you've beaten New Jersey, you've beaten um, Pittsburgh, you've beaten the Islanders now, um, you've beaten Columbus. You beat in Philadelphia, as we're about to talk about. So that's huge. You want to keep winning against teams in your division. You have to.
0: Yes, definitely. And uh, the next game we will get to is the Flyers game. Uh, boy, this was a game.
1: Yeah, it was. It was not pretty, but it was Exciting, I guess fans got their money's worth. And this was the game that we, um, uh, that we had our giveaway for. So they had a heck of a game.
0: Yes. I was just about to say they did have a heck of game. The only things that I was hoping yes, for Foss will score his hat trick, because I mean, like what two hat tricks and two giveaway games, like, Oh my word.
1: Yeah. That'd be kind of funny. Um, but you know, so far, everyone who's um every person every time someone's had a uh gone to one of our giveaway games, they it's they're they're undefeated. So
0: yes, they are. So we'll start uh the first period off pretty eventful. I mean, you have Foss scoring from Martin Huck and stall against Phil- Philadelphia's rookie goaltender. And I mean po I, I honestly felt bad a little bit for the guy considering that he I mean I know he's a rookie, and I know our history with rookie goaltenders isn't the greatest, but boy we slaughtered him through the first two periods um because he had a lot of goals that he gave up, but that's good Carolina needs to take advantage against a rookie goaltender and they did Foss scoring for Martinook and Stahl now unfortunately, Sandheim scores uh for Philly which to me, that was a huge defensive breakdown with uh, Burns and Jarvis just kind of letting him go in and score on Ronta. Yeah. And I believe it was it was this game where I have heard a lot of flack on Ronta not being a good goalie. I do not blame a lot of these goals on Ronta, especially when you give up two breakaway goals. Yeah. Like that To me, that's the team in front of them. I do not blame Ronta a lot on this game. Could he have saved a couple? Yes, possibly. But he yeah, was good enough, yeah. I think, to win the game.
1: And then you have... I mean, they scored shorthanded twice. That's unacceptable, too. So your power play was atrocious. Dog doo-doo. Horrible. And that's not acceptable at all. So you can't have that. Uh, I don't blame Ronta, you know. And then you also have to understand... Ronta got hurt in this game. So Ronta's not healthy. And they yeah. told him, man, you got to go back out there and finish because we we got to give the kid the night off. And Ronta did his job. The team in front of him did not.
0: No, they did not. The good thing is, the, is that this was one of those games where they were able to outscore their problems yeah, uh, yeah. defensively.
1: Yep. And, and we... we In two periods, that it's you know, they scored six. That's huge. I mean, that's great for the offense. I mean, no one's complaining. I mean, just you know, just a list of goal scorers you have Fost first, Nason second, Fost again. Then you had Svechnikov, Martin, KK. I mean, you had a lot of secondary scoring too. I mean, you know, Martin looks not a goal scorer, KK hasn't been, but KK's been getting points. And then you've got Fost getting a pair, Nason scoring again. So You know, that's great. And Stasny had an assist. Stahl had another point. Tara Vinan had another point. Uh, Svechnikov had a couple points tonight and that night. Uh, Martinuk had one. I mean, just a quick look. Martinuk had one, two. He had three points in this game. Three. A goal and two assists. That is more than you ever need to ask from a player like
0: Martinuk. I know. It's it's been amazing.
1: I mean, that line had, it looks like, every player except for Faust, Castall had three points, Martinuk had three points, and Fost had a pair of gold. So that line combined was there for eight points. Yeah, so that was eight points that they got on that, on that one line, and that's, that's great for their stats. And that's what you you know, that's what you need. You need that secondary scoring, and that's that's awesome. That is just awesome.
0: Yes, and one thing to know about this Philadelphia game that I thought was good is that this was the game um obviously you have Brady Shea coming back, but you have a huge player in auto c- yep. coming back. Yep. And during the first two periods, I mean Carolina was the dominant team up six to two now. Philadelphia, um, a former Hurricanes fan, uh, De I was sorry, not Hurricanes fan, but Hurricanes player, uh, scores in D'Angelo. I, that was that was a defensive breakdown right there, too. I mean, you, you could say Ronta probably could have had that. Now, I'd say out of all the goals that Carolina allowed, I think that's probably the goal. You could see Ronta probably wanting to have, but D'Angelo, I mean, he came into this team with a lot of controversy around him, but he left the team with a lot of fans just loving him.
1: Oh, absolutely. He was loved by everybody. He was excitable. He was good for, you know, He he got a lot of points for you.
0: Yes, he did. Now, what was interesting though, is that it was, I believe after the... I could have been wrong. I believe it was after the fifth or... It was either the fifth or sixth goal where Philadelphia actually put Carter Hart in net because they actually did do that.
1: It was the fifth goal.
0: Yeah, it was Yeah, fifth goal. And during the K K goal, good... Good thing it was on the power play that they scored, and uh, obviously, uh, on that. But the way how that goal happened is that it was Ristolainen that pushed Jarvis into the net, which got, got Hart injured. And, and KK had the puck, and he, puck and he had a wide-open net, and he scored. So um Carter Hart, their starting goalie, who... Actually, is kind of having a reboundish type of season, even though the team in front of him has not been doing good, especially defensively. Yeah. Um, gets hurt, so I mean that's a little bit huge for Philadelphia, and he and he's another young goaltender, uh, for them. I believe he's like twenty four years old. So yeah, I mean,
1: you can't blame him. You can't blame Hart or really even their. You know, they're you know, it, it, Philly's a bad team. They're just not good. Um, and mm-hmm. Carolina took advantage of it. But, you know, you go into that third period, Carter Hart gets hurt, so they put in the goalie who you've taken advantage of. And instead of Carolina coming out to push, Carolina's like, eh, we can kind of skate around. And, I'm, you know, Philly might not be good, but they have players who will make you pay because they do have people who can score. Konechny can score, who scored their um, fifth goal. Lawton can score, who scored their fourth. And Sealer's not a bad player either. So these are players who can score. Oh,
0: yeah, they have good They're forwards. They ha- I love, uh, I mean, Couturier is good, I believe. I think James Van Reemsteke, I think he's a decent forward. And, of course, Konechny, I think he's been really doing well for Philly. And he's, and he's a young player, which I think Philly really needs those young players because... This is a team that I wonder with Philly if they need to maybe do a, at least a retool, like what the Rangers did.
1: Yeah, I think that would make sense for them for sure, um, because they almost you know they they but they also show that they have one of the greatest coaches of the National Hockey League, in my opinion. I, I love John Tortorella. I know not a lot of people do, but I love Torts, and he's not. And he will make his team play hard every night. They will not give up. They do not believe in giving up. And we saw that with them rattling off three goals in the third period.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, so the way I see it, it um, after the game ended with all, all these sh- two short handed goals, and then of course, sealer um, he scores um, the first goal in the third period, which that goal, I don't know what Calvin DeHaan was doing because he immediately hit Ronta and wide open net for Sealer. I mean, you can't miss an open net like that. When you hit your own goalie, though, you can't have that.
1: No, yeah, it's unfortunate. And it's just part of the, you know, it is just reality. So Carolina just kept shooting themselves in the foot this period. And they got lucky to get out of it. They really did. They got lucky to win that to win this game because they certainly didn't earn it the way they played in that third period.
0: No, they did not, but they got it, and that is the most important thing. I think what happened going into that third period is, I mean, Carter Hart gets injured, yeah, and now they're filled, Philadelphia's putting in their rookie goalie again. You've, you've already scored five goals against. Carolina probably just lowered their expectations in the third period, third period by thinking, hey, we scored five goals on this rookie goaltender. I think we're fine. Uh, no, you still need to play. There's still a game going on, and you still need to play. And yep. they let up and let in three goals. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Yeah, for sure. It is.
1: And it is what it is. But Carolina does what they do, and they still they realized at the end that they needed to play. They played, and, the, and they were able to hold on for the win.
0: Yes, they were. Thank goodness. And of course, when you see me nervous watching the last part of that game, I always say when we win it, I never had any doubts.
1: Yes, (laughs) exactly. No doubts.
0: Yes, even though I was criticized, being like, oh, you were nervous about this game. Yes, I was. And I partly and I say that partly because I like to be funny.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, and Carolina needs to learn because tomorrow they have a pretty similar situation, right? You're going up against a team. That's not very good. And it's a team that you should beat.
0: Yes. And, uh, tomorrow might see Peter Morazic. Yeah. Morazic might his
1: return back to Carolina tomorrow.
0: Exactly. So those were the games. Um, now let's get to our last segment, the 25th anniversary segment, uh, I believe I went first the last time Okay, yes yeah, so, I did
1: So for me, this week, I'm going to say um, Was when the Montreal Canadiens Offer sheeted Sebastian Aho. That was Interesting, because that was a defining moment For this management group And ownership Because we didn't know a lot about Tom Dundon a lot of people felt like he was cheap, right? And when you have an owner like that and you think he's cheap, you're like, oh, he's just going to let him go. He doesn't want to pay it because the structure that Montreal did it was, it was a very top heavy contract, right? Which meant that Aho was going to get a bulk of his money at the beginning of the deal. But, you know, Tom Dundon made Montreal pay. They had to wait the full week and then Carolina, Matched the offer sheet and you got Ajo for five years. So I, I do believe Carolina was pissed with Montreal because they wanted Ajo for eight and they only got him for five. And now we have to resign him, which is going to be frustrating for the team, but that was a defining moment I think for this current management group. And I think that's just one of the great things because I, I liked seeing how Carolina handled it. And um, this will tie into my next week's 25th anniversary moment.
0: Yeah, that was that was there was a lot of drama surrounding that our that offer sheet. But it turns out when Carolina accepted it, it was actually a pretty good deal. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of money um, at the front end of that contract, which is what Montreal tried to do. Um, yep. in, order to, in order to pry Carolina away, but Tom Dunham says, no, I'm not that cheap owner. I'm not going to be that cheap owner that's going to let the face of the Hurricanes basically walk away. Because Aho is kind of the face of the Canes, I would yep. say, for this team. Completely so, so they were able to match it. And Carolina uh, now at this point in Aho's contract is looking like a bargain which is excellent so good for them
1: absolutely which is important
0: yes now for my uh, memory i'm going back to a specific game here this was during the dark ages 2013-2014 season i was able to bring up the game here and that was when uh it was an overtime win against the canadians and I believe we were down like three to nothing. And we came and tied it back. This was, I believe, a New Year's Eve game. And we had Alex Salmon on, on this team, but yep. we were able to tie it. And it eventually led to overtime. And then in that overtime, I remember it was Alex Salmon who scores 5 hole against Carey Price. And you just see the relief on his face. Face, with his hands going up in the air, I think and that was a game that I really w- remember.
1: This was one of my uh, anniversary, one of my earlier ones as well, because you know it is just great. We both loved Simon while well, he was a team. You know, we know, that first season when he played really well. Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, the first season with us he was amazing. That's why he got the contract that he got. Yeah and then he didn't really care after that which was disappointing but to me that was that was a game I really remembered and it was New Year's Eve which is funny cuz we're getting around that time of New Year's Eve I mean Christmas yeah. just passed so is so I thought this was a good time to bring that up
1: Oh absolutely and we're also getting close you know just to point out to our 50th episode
0: yes we are Um, and I believe it's uh, the first week of February uh, where it will be a year of us podcasting that's going to be a fun episode I'm looking forward to that so yeah if you guys like this episode please uh, hit that subscribe button and rate and all that type of stuff wherever you get your podcast I am Sam Wallace I am Sam Driscoll I have a great week. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.